Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I love the straightforwardness and the simplicity that, that he uses to teach. His teachings are very simple for everybody to understand. If it hadn't been for this ministry, I don't know where I would be. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach about living in God's best. I've got a book out on that. I believe it'd be a real blessing. And we also have CDs and DVDs on the subject, and we'll be giving you information at the close of the program about how you can get that. The first few days of this week, I've just basically tried to teach that most of us settle for less than God's best. We aren't even shooting at God's best. Most people are just, you know, wanting to get by. They aren't believing for the abundance and for the excellence that God really has for us. And so uh, until we get a holy dissatisfaction with things as they are, we won't see things change. And then I use 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, where the prophet told Asa that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of those who are perfect in his sight. And because Asa took a different route towards victory. Now, he got what he wanted, but he didn't do it God's way. He hired the king of Syria to come against the king of Israel, his enemy. And he, the king of Syria, as he attacked the king of Israel, he had to leave, leave off the siege of Judah. And because of that, Asa got what he wanted. He won a battle without ever having to shoot an arrow, without ever losing a soldier. Most people would say, well, that's fine. But he didn't do it God's way. And because of this, the prophet told him, he says, not only would the Lord have overcome the king of Israel for you, but he would have also delivered the king of Syria into your hands. He missed out on huge amount of spoil. Matter of fact, he took all of the gold and the silver that he had and all of the gold and silver that was in the temple. He stripped it and gave it to the king of Syria to obtain this victory. So he lost not only his own resources, but he lost territory and all of the spoil that would have come by conquering these two other nations. I mean, it was probably the equivalent of billions of dollars that it cost him, but he had peace. Most people would think, well, that's okay. You know, that's all I'm shooting for. Most people are shooting at nothing and hit it every time. I'm telling you, it's not about just surviving. It's about thriving. God made you for something more than what most of us are experiencing. Most of us are shooting at nothing and we hit it every time. Boy, I could unplug right here and teach what the Lord did for me on January the 31st, 2002, where he told me I was limiting God and I changed my attitude. And I tell you, since that time, that has been, what, about uh, 15 years. We have seen our ministry increase at least 20, probably 30 or more times. We more then doubled. I mean, we are just seeing huge numbers of people touched, income coming in. We're building buildings. We're doing things. It has made a huge difference. I was settling for less, and God challenged me and told me I'm limiting what He could do in my life. Every one of us are limiting God. I don't care how far you've come. There's more. We need to believe God. The moment that you run out of vision and you feel like you've accomplished everything that God has for you, you know there's no purpose in you being here. 
we aren't here just to occupy space. If all you're doing is occupying space, you know what? Yeah. That, that, that's just wrong. You ought to be living on the edge. If you aren't living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. You ought to be out there believing God for something. God is huge. God is big. His power and ability is awesome. And most people's lives don't reflect that, but they should. That's what God wants to do. Now, God's not going to have everybody be on television the way I am. God's not going to have everybody be a president of a country or somebody who is world known. But in your world, you should be an absolute testimony to the awesome power of God. You ought to be walking in supernatural health, supernatural wealth, supernatural joy and peace. You ought to see things happening in your life. And most people aren't experiencing that, not because God doesn't desire it. His eyes are going throughout the whole earth seeking to do this, but it's us that limit Him. On our program yesterday, I began to give some examples of this. For instance, I was talking about how that the American culture, uh, it is just based on debt. And I mean, you don't have to look very far to see this. The government is trillions and trillions of dollars of debt in debt to other nations. Did you know that since uh, President Barack Obama took office, the national debt of the United States in eight years more than doubled? Uh, Barack Obama accumulated more national debt in his eight years in office than had been accumulated in the previous 230 or whatever years of the history of the United States. It's terrible. And so this isn't just isolated to some people. I mean, this is a culture. Our government is doing it. Local governments are doing it. On down to the private sector. And most people just live in debt. I was talking about all of this yesterday. Let me share some scriptures with you that show you that that's not God's best. And let me also remind you that over in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, when the Lord said that his eyes were running to and fro and that because Asa didn't depend upon God, he may have gotten the results he wanted, but it wasn't God's way. And because of that, he would have wars from here on out. He not only lost the victory and the spoil from these battles, but he was going to have problems from there on because he didn't do it God's way. The end does not justify the means. There is a right and a wrong way to accomplish things. And when this prophet prophesied this to Asa, Asa got mad at him and put him in prison. And I know that there's people watching this program right now that you are mad at the messenger. I'm telling you, all I am is the messenger. You don't have to take this personally. I'm going to show you scriptures that show you what God's best is. And it doesn't matter if this is contrary to the American dream and the way everybody else is doing it. This is what God's Word says. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's listing the blessings that would come upon you if you would follow and obey God. And it says in verse 9, this Deuteronomy 28, 9, The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Man, I could camp on that verse, but I'm going to skip it. But think about that. That's awesome. In verse 11, And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, 
and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Now, this does not say that if you borrow that you're in sin and God hates you. You could misunderstand what I'm saying and you could take it that I'm saying that you're in sin, that somehow or another God's angry at you and displeased with you if you are in debt. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what God's saying. God loves you. And if you're in debt, God loves you. But you aren't experiencing God's best. God wants to bring you beyond that into a different realm to where you can actually lend, but you will never have to borrow that He'll make you plenteous and good. You'll have the rain to feed your crops. You'll have uh, your cattle and everything will prosper, the fruit of your body and on and on. Man, this is a tremendous promise right here that lending is better than borrowing. Matter of fact, if you'd look in Proverbs chapter 6, it says in verse 1, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thine hand with a stranger, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend. Go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. In other words, if you find yourself to where you are in debt, and let me, let me again balance this by saying, that this is talking about specifically being, becoming a guarantor of somebody else's loan, of somebody else's note. This is talking about if you become surety for a friend. This is telling you not to do it. It says you need to deliver yourself just like an animal that's caught in a trap or somebody that's being hunted, an animal that's being hunted. So it shows you that the borrower is servant to the lender. That's another passage of Scripture that you become servants. That word is slave. You become a slave. You become in bondage to that person. They can call your note due. You, you put yourself at jeopardy. And it says when you do this, you need to deliver yourself. Now, let me just remind you that over in the New Testament, Paul said when he was writing to Philemon, he was writing for Onesimus, who was a slave of Philemon, and he had escaped. He had run away. He had come to Rome. In Rome, Paul connected with Onesimus, and Onesimus got born again and became a Christian. And so he, Paul wrote a letter to his friend, Philemon, and he was a very close friend to Philemon, and he sent Onesimus back to go back into slavery and submit himself to Philemon. And he asked Philemon to have mercy upon Onesimus because now he was not only a servant, but he was also a brother. And Paul said in that letter, of Philemon, he says, if he has wronged thee or if he owes you anything, put that on my account. I will pay. You know what Paul did? He became surety for Onesimus. He says, if he's stolen anything from you, if you've lost wages or whatever, put that on my account. And then he goes on to say, I, I'm not going to even tell you how much you owe me besides. In other words, he was pretty sure that Philemon would accept this and respond. But if, you know, if it was a problem, if he was out money, I'll pay it. I'll guarantee it. So Paul, in a sense, he became surety for his friend. This is not saying you can't do it. 
Proverbs chapter six does not tell you you cannot co-sign or become a guarantor for another person. It's just warning you that this is not a wise thing to do. I believe personally that the apostle Paul knew that Philemon was going to give him mercy, so it wasn't really a risk on his part. But in a sense, he did against what Proverbs chapter six says because he trusted his friend and knew that things would work out. So I can't say that it's wrong to do this. There's some times that we have signed and co-signed for our children, but I guarantee you, I do not make a habit out of it, even for my own children, because it's just not smart. You know, you can help people. And anyway, this isn't saying you can't do it, but it is saying that the borrower is servant to the lender, that you don't need to do this. It's not God's best is what these things are saying. So I'm not condemning you and God's not condemning you, but it is not God's best. Look over here in Romans chapter 13 in verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So this goes along with Deuteronomy chapter 28, the verses that we just read. This is a New Testament passage. It says, owe no man anything. Now, I have heard people interpret this as saying, well, if you have a loan on your house and if you make your payments, you don't owe them anything. You've paid your debt. You've, you've conformed to the agreement. And let me just say that I am not going to argue over this. It's not a big deal with me. But I don't believe that's still God's best. I believe it would be best to get a house debt-free. Now, personally, I shared on our program yesterday, my wife and I used a VA loan because we were, we were renting, trying to believe God for a debt-free house. And every time we rented, they would change the rent. They would uh, say, well, now we're going to sell the house or whatever. And we were moving. We were moving every six months. And that was bondage. You know, the Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender. Well, you can get to where you can be in bondage also by just having the house sold out from under you because you don't control it. So we decided to go in debt. God didn't hate us. We bought a house on credit with using my VA loan. I didn't have any money down and we got in, but we paid the thing off in less than 15 years. We saved at least tens of thousands of dollars worth of, of interest and uh, probably over $100,000 worth of interest on that. I wasn't condemned. I'm not condemning you, but I'm saying it's not God's best. And yet I hear these ads all of the time. Go refinance your house. We can save you hundreds or thousands of dollars a month that you can go spend on getting you a new flat screen TV or whatever. If you could refinance your house and decrease your payments, hundreds or thousand dollars a month, man, the thing to do instead of going and getting more debt and more things and more toys, the thing to do is to refinance that house and put this extra money that you're saving back into it and pay that thing off quickly. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God's not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But the scripture says that it's not God's best. Again, Deuteronomy did not say that he hates you and you're in sin if, you're, if you uh, owe people money. But it says that God will bless you so much that you don't have to borrow. You can lend instead of borrowing. And it says over here in uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, about owe no man anything. You know, I've got people that work for me that teach 
on finances. Paul Milligan, who's a very successful businessman. We've got Billy Epperhart, who's a real estate mogul and has made millions of dollars buying and flipping houses and doing things like this. And these guys make a distinction between appreciating debt and depreciating debt. And they say that it's not wrong to borrow money on appreciating items, such as a house that appreciates in value. Now, to some degree, that's a risk because the market doesn't always go up. But they make a distinction between like a house and a car. You go borrow on a car and drive that car off the lot and bring it back the next month, they'll give you $5,000, $10,000 less than you paid for it. It's a depreciating item. And so they say you don't borrow money on depreciating items, but you can do it on appreciating items. I'm not ignorant of that. I'm not saying that that's sin. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but I'm still saying I don't believe that's God's best. Maybe you start there, but man, don't stop there. Don't embrace this debt cycle the way that our society has done it because you're going to pay for things twice what they're worth. This is not God's best. Is God mad at you if you are in that system? No, but I'm saying as a row, you need to deliver yourself from the hunter. You need to be like a bird that's been caught in a trap and do everything you can to get out of that. It is not the positive thing that it's presented. You will see these commercials and hear advertisements where they talk about, man, you can get this interest free for a year or whatever. And there's a reason why they're doing all of this, because they know how people are. People just live right up to the max, and eventually they're going to get you. I used to have a guy that ran our ministry who worked for Sears. And one of the things that he had the people do in his store was they had people at the entrance to the store and they asked every person that come in, do you have a Sears credit card? Would you like one? We'll give you a discount and we will give, you can use this today in your shopping and you can get 10% off or whatever. And people think, oh man, this is great. They're giving me something. There's a reason that you do that. And this guy who worked for Sears said that because, I forget the statistics now, but they had it down to a science that the people who get the credit card spend so much more money than people who spend cash and they are going to make it up in interest. And they made millions and millions and millions of dollars off this credit card. There's a reason that they offer you these introductory rates and stuff because the average person just lives on credit and winds up spending much more and uh, paying much more in interest, and it is not to your advantage. That is not God's best. Praise God. I know that there's millions of people that watch this program, and there's probably millions of people that don't like what I'm saying because you are just content. You're thinking, well, I've got, I've got good things and everything's fine. Go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Asa got what he wanted. He got the king of Israel to depart. He got what he wanted, but he didn't do it God's way. And you know what? He missed out on things. Plus, he had problems the rest of his life because he didn't do things God's way. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, there's something better than the debt cycle that most of us live in. If you find yourself in it, don't be condemned. God's not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. But I'm trying to get you to come up to God's best. You know, when I minister, I have people, I talk about victory in the area of emotions and how that I 
I believe God and I walk in joy even when I don't feel like it. I will stand on what God's Word said, etc. And every time I do that, I'll have people who have experienced tragedy and they have been depressed and discouraged and I mean just suicidal and on and on. They get condemned by what I'm saying and they get mad at me thinking somehow or another I'm saying that they're sinful and that God hates them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that about people who are in debt. I'm just trying to say that, brothers and sisters, there's something better. You don't have to live like everybody else. You don't have to settle for less than God's best. And I don't know why it is that people get so mad at me when I say these things. It's I'm not condemning you. I'm just trying to get you to, to be better. I'm trying to say God's got something better. Why, why is it that people want to pay twice what something is worth? The only reason I can see is that they are just impatient. They want it right now. And why should I have to wait five years or 10 years when I can have it right now? Because you could have it without all of the sorrow that's associated with it. You could have it without all of the stress and without having to pay the extra and all of the problems in your marriage and, and your health and all this kind of stuff. There is a right and a wrong way to accomplish things. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have a nice place to live. God wants you to have nice cars. God wants you to have nice things. God's not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai. But there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Just as Asa, he, got, he accomplished his end. He got what he wanted, but he didn't do it God's way. And he missed a huge opportunity. God would have given him these other two kingdoms he would have conquered. It would have increased his dominion. It would have increased his resources. He would have been a thousand times better off. Plus, he'd have had an awesome testimony about how God delivered him. But he missed out on all that because he was willing to get what he wanted some other way than God's way. I'm telling you, people are doing that every single day, not only in the United States, but all over the world, wherever you're watching this program. I'm telling you, God has a better way. And we go to God's Word. We find out what that is, and we begin to follow these standards. So don't get mad at the messenger the way Asa did. I'm telling you the truth. Can you argue with the scriptures that I've said? You may think, well, I just that's not the way that it works. Well, that's the way that the Word of God works. If you want God's best, you're going to have to get to where God's Word is more important to you than you know, what you see other people doing. Amen. Praise God. You know, please don't write me about this. I'm not going to read it. I'm telling you what the Word of God says, and I'm not going to respond to it. I'm just putting this out there, and for those of you that will receive it, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the whole world today trying to find somebody who will say, God, I know you love me. You aren't mad at me, but I'm tired of doing things another way. I'm going to do it your way, and you're going to shoot for God's best. And if you'll start asking God for wisdom, He'll lead you into His best. He'll show you how to get from where you are to where you need to go. God is much better than a GPS system. You know, if you make a wrong turn with a GPS, it doesn't say, you sorry thing, how dare you do this? It just says recalculating, you know, tell you how to get back on track. God is better than that. It doesn't matter where you are. You can get back on track. Harris Third Year is equipping an army to go into the seven mountains of influence and every society. 
In our third year School of Business, you will learn from experienced professionals on how to implement and run a successful business. Students will receive sound business principles grounded in the word with the tools to impact the marketplace for the kingdom of God. My favorite part about business school would be the labs where we can actually take all the knowledge that we've been learning and apply it to our own businesses. Business school is the way to put legs to your vision and what God put in your heart. Ignite your vision and take your mountain. For more information on our third year school of business, go to karisbiblecollege.org slash third year. Today you can get Andrew's teaching, Living in God's Best, in a hardback book for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I like to encourage you to get these materials that I'm offering. I've got this hardcover book on living in God's best. We've got a study guide, which is 475 pages. And this is specifically designed so that you can disciple other people in this. We've also got this book in Spanish. We've got a series that was recorded live, and then we have a CD set and a DVD set. But I tell you, this teaching on living in God's best is absolutely life-changing if you will listen to it and then heed it and act on it. So please check it out today. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. When we talk about running with the Lord, this is part of it, is that you need to become absolutely dependent upon God. Men's Advance has always been really a time to reconnect with God.
I mean, anytime you got a bunch of brothers coming together, that right there in itself is impactful. The men's advance particularly, it speaks very well to a man's soul and just really targets just areas that, that men need to be just encouraged in and refined in. We're all just here to grow. I guarantee that you'll get something out of it. Men's advance makes you hungrier for God. As long as you got hunger for the Lord, you're gonna grow. No matter how old we get, no matter how much we may think we're behind, if we follow the best playbook ever written, we will overcome. Did you hear about our website? We designed it with you in mind. Now you can browse on all your mobile devices. Everything is where you would expect it to be. And if you can't find something, the search bar will. It's fast, easy, and it just makes sense. Check it out at awmi.net.